This is Saster's Founders Favorite Series, where you can hear some of the best of the best from Saster speakers. This is where the cloud meets. Simplify your cloud infrastructure with Linode's Linux virtual machines and robust set of tools to develop, deploy, and scale your modern applications faster and easier. Find ways to cut costs using the total cost of ownership calculator and compare against AWS's pricing. Visit linode.com saster to learn more. Up today, the office of the future, how everything's changed and what 2021 will be like with Justin Betacray, CEO at Hello Office and Jen Wen, founding partner at Teamwork. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us today and giving us this platform to share the thoughts on what we love, the office. I'm Jen Wen from Teamwork and at Teamwork, our mission is to deliver workplace as a service, helping companies navigate the company's changing working environments. And I'm joined by Justin Betacray, uh, co-founder and CEO of Hello Office, and we're a full-stack technology-powered brokerage um, helping uh, usher in the hybrid workplace and the office of the future. So Justin, it's so great to be co-hosting this session with you. It feels like deja vu. Six months ago in January, you and I were nerding out talking all things workplace and how the workplace ecosystem was broken. Everything from how workplace office space is delivered to workplace services end to end, from how workplace tools are often the last adopted tools by companies, often cut out of the annual budget actually, and how the real estate brokerage industry was antiquated, lost in a century of manual workflow process. And I clearly remember back then, you told me, Jen, this isn't scalable. The future of workplace is going to be hybrid. And fast forward, here we are today. The pandemic has woke us all up and has accelerated our need to change our mindset about the workplace and all things workplace. And personally, it's actually been very scary to think about as what I love to do, building workplaces, would no longer exist. And I've had a lot of my peers in the industry who have been impacted and laid off. And, and what I found is this silver lining in that we all want the ability to come back, we want the choice to come back, and we actually want hope. And that's a really big thing. And companies are looking for guidance for us to pay that way. Totally, I mean, I remember that conversation back in January and what we were planning on five years um, that it would take to really like usher in the hybrid workplace. Uh, well, that got condensed into what, five months, um, judging by the length of my hair and my <laughs> you know, COVID haircut. It is truly amazing like how fast the mindset around the future of office has, has changed. Pre-pandemic and going into the pandemic has been really tough. We've seen a lot of layoffs, a lot of people hurt, but at the same time, there is a silver lining in all of this that like coming out of the pandemic, a lot more people are gonna have the choice of how they work, where they work. And you know, yesterday's workplace is gonna get catapulted to, you know, to uh, the future of office. And so that's something to be really excited about. Uh, this industry in many ways has been broken, right? And there's things that have worked and there's things that really need to change. And a lot of our assumptions around yesterday's workplace are going to be challenged. Some would say that it's too rigid, that the nine to five, 40 hour work week, what you were telling me, right? Like that, that started in the Ford era. A hundred years you know, ago. A century ago. And so things do need to change. And decisions can be led by employees 
And it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be a 100% office centric. And so when thinking about yesterday's workplace, which is really important to touch on before we get into the future workplace, like you have built workplaces for some of the most iconic brands in the world, Pinterest, Zynga, uh, Tesla, like what has been your experience? What have you learned from building yesterday's workplace? Well, first, I still love yesterday's workplace, and I truly believe that it's not going anywhere. Um, but yesterday's workplace, from my previous companies, we focused a lot about being 100% HQ-centric, right. constantly being under one roof. And the purpose, obviously, was to enhance face-to-face -face collaboration, innovation, and productivity. And we created this entire infrastructure to support this one-on-one -on -one seating model so that everyone under one location could be there at the same time. But it created this huge subset of issues that we were constantly trying to solve for. For one, there was never enough real estate, given we were in San Francisco and Zynga and Pinterest weren't the only companies with a real estate strategy of being under one roof. There just wasn't enough square footage and there wasn't enough space to accommodate that. We also created this huge commuting congestion problem driving thousands of employees to the city, which also had an impact on affordable housing. And we honestly were limiting ourselves by proximity on recruiting a diverse best-in-class team. And we also had multi-generational issues with people working with different lifestyles, with different obligations, whether it's childcare, taking care of elderly parents. We just never were able to solve for that. And then there was this great workplace experience of 2020, which we're still living now. And it somehow it unintentionally solved a lot of this friction. Right. I mean, think about, like you said, the infrastructure needed to be a single, you know, HQ centric, you know, workplace, right? Like, I mean, thousands of people being shuttled around the Bay Area for hours every day. I remember growing up and my neighbor's dad would literally read the newspaper on the freeway because it was bumper to bumper to get into the city and not much has changed. And so, you know, the idea that, you know, how many people would, would get shuttled down to, to Facebook, like it was only a couple years ago that they introduced their first San Francisco office. And so things are really changing. And we have to think about like, you have yesterday's workplace, 100% office centric. The pendulum is gonna be swinging back and forth, right? So now we're in this, you know, like you call it the, the great workplace experiment, uh, experiment of 2020, where we're forced to be 100% remote. And the pendulum has swung the entire other direction. And now, like after a few months, the novelty of being 100% remote is wearing off. Mm -hmm. And so we're all starting to realize uh, what works and what doesn't, right? What, what we miss out of the office, the serendipity, the collaboration, uh, just being around our colleagues, you know, in person. And so what we have to do to build the office of the future is take the best of the 100% office centric, you know, world and the best of remote where there is more transparency, there, there could be more productivity and basically combine those. And it's a really inspirational thing to add technology and innovation to the workplace, how you find space, how you manage space and build the office of the future. Well, I'm, you know, going back to this one-on-one -on -one seating and the, the workplace of yesterday, I actually now miss after being in back-to-back -back Zoom calls, being able to walk between conference rooms and right. taking that few minutes break to feel normal and bump into a peer of mine. And the other thing that it also reminds me of too is in this whole one-on-one -on -one seating model, what actually didn't work was that I realized for myself, I was never at my desk. 
I was in conference right. room meetings in back to back, very reflective of what am I do what I'm doing now. And so my desk sat empty almost full time. And so what it means is we just need to retrofit and recalibrate how we use the space and change the purpose of why we come into work. So Justin, now that we know all this and for everyone listening, what does this mean? And how are you and how have you been advising your clients on this hybrid strategy? I think that it's, it's such an important question, right? And what people have to realize is that it is different for everyone. You know, we have clients, one of our clients has over 500 employees with offices around the world, right? And in major hubs like San Francisco and New York, what we're doing is helping create the vision for a more experiential space, almost like a cafe where they can come and go as they want. Uh, they can bring clients, they can bring customers. And so it's just going to be like in these major hubs, no one's going to have assigned seating. But in their Salt Lake City, everyone wants to come into the office five days a week. And so we're, we're still positioning that space for 100% office centric. So even within some of our clients, they're thinking about like what their employees want in any given market. Another client of ours, uh, most of their employees came from the South Bay and commuted into San Francisco because they just kind of felt like they had to be there. Now that that assumption is being challenged, we're going to help them find an office in Palo Alto. Their employees are going to be able to come and go um, and they're going to reduce their commute by 45 minutes. And then another client of ours is an international company that has decided that they truly want to scale up in San Francisco. And they're moving forward with really a significant lease because they get to save so much money because rents have stabilized and there's so many subleases on the market. And so through all of this, uh, we have so many different client stories about how they're planning, how they're figuring out, how they're getting back into the office. And so it's not one size fits all. Uh, we're going to learn so much about ourselves, about how we should and can run our companies, how we run our day-to-day -day lives, right? Uh, the challenge is that there's a lot of uncertainty, right? Like, we don't know when we're going to be able to get safely back at scale. You know, some of your, some of your clients, I, I, I would imagine, are, are actually going back into the office already. Some mm -hmm. of them are like, a wait and see approach, right? We have uh, Slack saying, hey, we're not gonna consider going back into the office until uh, 2021. We have Google saying, look, like we know we're gonna get back into the office, but we're gonna put a hard date at uh, mid 21 of next year. And so how do people in the session like figure out like how to plan? Like what, what do we think about? Mm -hmm. I think just like we think about the pendulum of how we think about real estate 100% in office, 100% remote. It's not one or the other. And as we hear companies like Google saying that they're going to push out the return to office till sometime next year, I think we're all forgetting that they're also still planning when that time happens. And they're taking the time now to create those workplace resilient playbooks as part of their business continuity plan. And it's not that I've also heard, well, why plan if things are going to change tomorrow? We're already in the second right. region. But it's important to plan that it's flexible enough so that you can pivot those realities of today and tomorrow. And quite honestly, it is a corporate responsibility to start planning now for the well-being of your employees to implement COVID-19 guidelines into your workplace. And really, I think companies should really focus on the fact that both current and future employees will be closely tuning in on how companies navigate through this change and adopting a hybrid employee choice philosophy. This will be a really strong indicator of retention and recruiting, whereas before, 
the old workplace that we know it of yesterday, we built these huge HQ anchor buildings for recruiting purpose. Now giving the employees choice and this hybrid approach is going to be what's going to make the big difference in terms of recruiting intention. Right. I mean, these decisions have a lot of implications, right? If you are kind of temporarily remote, but you, you don't really have a solid strategy for when we can return to the workplace, you know, families are going to be making decisions whether they move or not. Like, are you going to ask them to, you know, move back um, after the, you know, pandemic? Like, people will decide to rent versus buy because they need to decide, like, what their workplace is going to be like. And so it's really, really important to plan and understand what your employees want. Kind of going through a few of the points on our slide, right? It, it's not solely based on health and safety, but that is a big issue right now, right? Planning for long term means like a lot of implications for how employees live and work, um, how they work together. And, you know, engagement and collaboration is, is now a preference. It's like really important, but we all want to choose when we do that versus when we go heads down work and, and can, you know, can be flexible. And another really important point that we really believe in is that you have to use data to, to drive decisions, right? You have to use data on how people are using the space. You know, one of our good friends actually just raised a big round um, called Density where they can track, um, we, we're implementing that in all of our workplaces where you can track how many people are coming and going in conference rooms like and different things. And so we really need to layer on meaningful and efficient technology into our workplaces to understand how, how people are, are using it. But that also never, what never changes is that the, the space has to represent your culture. It has to represent what you want to achieve as a company, right? If you're building automation for trucking or whatever, like you need to be in the space. And so you need to figure that out. Whereas if you're a pure software company, you can wait until uh, you don't have to compel people to come in sooner than they feel safe. So there's a lot of implications for that. Yeah, Justin, you actually made a really good point on data. What was really interesting in working with a lot of these clients on the return to office, 60% had workplace tools, 40% didn't. And in that 60% that actually had workplace tools, we could only use 80% of that data. So we haven't done a really good job using analytics, and the time is now to do that, to make the right decisions. So let's do, how do we unpack this? How do we unpack what hybrid means? What does it look like? What is it and what is it not? Well, let's start with what it is, right? So it's employee-led, which means that we're really going to need to take a pulse of what employees want and how they work best um, and help them make decisions on, you know, whether it's an individual contributor or if you're on a team and, and your team has the right cadence, right? So it truly has to be employee-led and it emphasizes choice. Something that's so important right now for everyone to realize is that for most of us, we don't have a choice right now, right? right? And so once we're given that choice, what do we actually decide? And it can't be a rash decision, right? Like you have to continually take a pulse of your team and how they're feeling, right? We're, you know, what, five months into the, the pandemic. And for, for many of us, it's been five months since we've been into an office. Um, and so... Uh, the novelty, like I said, is wearing off. And now we're starting to recognize like, okay, maybe I don't want to be 100% remote, but I do want to come into the office four days a week or one to two days a week. It's going to differ employee to employee. And so you have to give choice. 
and, and flexibility, right? Flexibility is so huge. Um, Aaron Levy just uh, uh, did a poll on Twitter that thousands and thousands of people responded to on what is the future of work? Is it get me in, back into the office as soon as possible? Is it remote forever for the win? Or is it flexibility? And over 70% of people said, just give me the flexibility from thousands and thousands of people. And so like that really start, the data is starting to prove that the hybrid is here to stay and that people really want it. One of the things that you and I talk about a lot is hiring for skill and impact over proximity. Like you don't have to live in a short drive distance away or a long drive distance away from HQ, like to contribute and have a big impact. During the pandemic, Hello Office, like our com- my company has you know, promoted uh, engineering manager Jazeel out of Dallas, like our, our first remote engineering manager. And it's been working out phenomenal. And so we have to really think about like how people can have an impact, not just their proximity. And it has to be purpose-driven, right? Like you have to go about this with a lot of purpose. So let's talk about what it's not, right? It's not prescriptive. Earlier, I gave three examples of all technology companies, all with very dramatically different approaches. Um, And so it's not one size fits all. It's not the death of the office, despite the narrative that's been going around, but it's also not the death of remote, right? Like there, there is the combination, like the sweet spot where you can have the best of both worlds. That being said, as we know, it is not the easy choice. Hybrid is not the easiest path, right? Like 100% office centric, we have playbooks for that. We've been doing it for over a decade, right? And for the playbooks for fully remote, um, you know, with GitLab and WordPress, like those are relatively well established, albeit like less companies have, have done that at scale. And so the combination of both, you have to be really great at both and you have to be really intentional. And the final thing that it's not is it's not standard or homogenous. We all know the open office has just taken off over the last decade and requiring everyone having to -to one-to-one seating like you talked about. The the days of homogenous offices are over and every company is going to have to purposely build and design their workplace and how they run their companies that best fits them. Mm -hmm. Well, the irony that you mentioned how we're currently in a pandemic and we don't have choice, this lack of choice actually gave us a taste, just like our first time trying sugar, of what it's like to work at home and having the flexibility of working anywhere. And so now we can't untaste it, right? And so the idea of having that flexibility and the other thing that you point out is pulse your employees, but it takes courage for a company to ask really ask what it is that employees want because you have to be prepared for what the answers are. Um, But I think a really, really great example of implementing a hybrid workplace that we've seen recently this week is Siemens announcing that they're allowing 140,000 of their employees globally across 200 countries to work two to three days, work from anywhere. And their focus is not time spent in the office, but the focus really is on impact, which is so amazing. And I think they did two things really, really well to your point, Justin, is that they took a forward looking approach, not a wait and see. And second, most important is they actually pulsed and surveyed their employees. They heard what they asked and those employees highlighted the preference for greater flexibility in their approach to work. Right. I mean, that is so pivotal. Like, I I, I truly believe that um, with the hybrid approach, having two to three days of uh, being together, you know, two to three days of 
work from anywhere, wherever you do your best work, that still could be in the office. It could be at home. It could be at a co-working spot or, or a coffee shop. But it's, it's truly like giving people the option, um, but also like having some structure around when people actually come into the office, right? Like for the office to be valuable, um, for the things that we're talking about, serendipity, collaboration, you know, just being around your team in person and having those in-between meetings where you can like throw out an idea and, and let it, you know, kind of ruminate, like that requires people to be in the office too. And so you can't just kind of work from anywhere. It doesn't just mean that like uh, you don't have any kind of structure around it, right? So you have to intentionally manage through this, mm-hmm. um, which is really important. And Siemens is a great example. Well, that is the presentation for today. We understand this is a confusing time and it's really hard for a lot of folks, but there is a silver lining in all of this. And there is a balance between, you know, not having to worry about the office being dead or like being forced to be remote forever, right? Like the hybrid solution we believe is the future and a really big opportunity to achieve a lot of things, you know, for your companies and your employees. Linode's Linux virtual machines offer industry-leading price performance. Don't believe us? Use our total cost of ownership calculator to receive a total cost breakdown, technical recommendations, and see how much you can save compared to the hyperscalers. Visit linode.com saster to learn more.